welcome everybody. You are listening to Bleeding Big Blue Podcast. Happy Thursday, everyone. It's Alex Ivers Produce back again. A couple things on my mind today, a couple things to talk about. First, here's the latest batch of polling from the top five New York Giants heading into 2020. Golden Tate won against Leonard Williams by a score of 13 to 8 when it came to voting. 61.9% of the vote went to Golden Tate. 39.1% went to Leonard Williams. In the other batch of polling, Daniel Jones beat out Evan Ingram 14 to 7. 66.7% of the vote went to Daniel Jones. 33.3% of the vote went to Evan Ingram. The next batch of polling will feature these two matchups, Real Peppers versus Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton versus Saquon Barkley. I'm going to talk about the Ralph Vacayano mailbag that everybody was responding about that's popular in the Giants community. Ralph Vacayano is a Giants beat writer for SNY, and he got three questions, three important questions, possibly going into the future about the Giants. But first, want to listen to a Giants podcast during quarantine and after? With opinions based on evidence and favorable predictions, real information, well, you're at the right place. Listen to our podcast, the Bleeding Big Blue Podcast, every Thursday and Tuesday. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, which features podcast episodes, Madden streams, and short videos based on takes and film done by Rohan Sangani. Our podcast is posted on Podbean, but also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. Follow our Instagram and Twitter pages at Bleeding Big Blue Podcast for fan interactions and much more daily updates. In which, tomorrow I'll be doing my first game for the Madden simulation for the Giants 2020 season based off of Madden. They will be simulating it. I will download the roster and they will simulate the 2020 16 game season for the Giants. Going to make sure it's the correct roster so you guys get a load of that. And also I'm going to upload the schedule soon for my Bengals franchise, which is going to be every Sunday, Monday, or Thursday, depending on my Bengals schedule. But you guys will obviously see that on Twitter or Instagram soon. But without further ado, let's get right into it. So Ralph Vacayano, beat writer for SNY, who he covers the Giants, he got three questions in his mailbag article. A lot of Giants fans didn't seem happy with those questions. I don't know how he responded in those, but I'm going to give you my take on those questions and my answers based. And those questions are based on a lot to play out this season, but I will tell you from a personal standpoint, I misjudged Vecchiano on his tweet. I thought those were questions he was asking and agreeing with. I take that back. I'm not necessarily a fan of his, but he's better than Pat Leonard, who works for the NY Daily News, and a lot of Giants fans are not fans of him, meaning Pat Leonard, especially his latest one, which was like Saquon Barkley kneeling for the anthem of the Giants fans are going to still root for him. Like, come on, dude. A lot of racial injustice and all that stuff. I'm not going to get into it, but all the, you know social unrest and you're gonna divide the Giants nation like that like come on man you're better than that like you're a beat writer who's trying to write for the Giants maybe one day or something and that's how you want to get recognized by dividing the Giants fans based on a social justice issue outside of sports come on anyway let's get to question number one should the Giants trade Saquon Barkley the Giants have to realize something and the Giants fans have to realize something. The running back market for money will be large by the time Saquon starts asking for an extension. Now, it's already large and it's going to get larger because Christian McCaffrey already signed a huge extension, which was worth four years, $64 million, $16 million a year. And then last year, Ezekiel Elliott got his extension 
six years, $90 million, which was $15 million a year. That was the highest contract for running back. McCaffrey succeeded him and got $60 million a year. So more likely, Saquon would want his money probably asking for about $18 million to about $20 million a year. Now, I'm not going to say seventeen because Derrick Henry is in contract talks with Tennessee, and he probably wants the highest paid running back contract, which is going to be about seventeen to $18 million a year. So as we progress in the NFL, obviously the price is going to go higher and higher and higher, and the cap space is going to get larger and larger and larger because of these extensions and the star players wanting their money. That's the way the NFL works. Now, before we get into my final verdict or expectation let's get into the Barkley background now the Giants chose Barkley second overall in 2018 now I discussed this in my last podcast episode on my list I probably will actually revise it at some point because I did make some mistakes I'll admit Gettleman got the message from upstairs saying turn this team into a win now team which happened to be a legal mistake and I'll tell you why just give me a second the Giants had 22 million in cap space in February of 2018 before cutting Dwayne Harris Brad Wing and DRC they spent their money signing the following players. Now, mind you, there are draft picks included, but you're not going to spend $20 million on a draft pick unless, you know, $20 million guaranteed or something like that in the first round. But anyway, Patrick Omame, Nate Solder, Kareem Martin, Josh Morrow, Jonathan Stewart, Curtis Riley, B.W. Webb, Cody Latimer, and Michael Thomas. Now, people are going to say, oh, B.W. Webb, oh, Cody Latimer, they were signed for low money. But they were put into big-time situations. They made it out of the preseason. So their expectation needs to be, oh, you can play in a big situation and they'll have that low cost on you. But you could say, again, oh, BW Webb, he was signed for like 650 k or something like that, something under a million. Yes, but it was in that situation that Dave Gettleman traded Eli Apple and BW Webb was putting that corner two spot and he played... He was aggressive on the field, yes, but you could make the argument that he didn't play good when they needed to, when they were trying to make a playoff spot, supposedly, but I didn't think that. But anyway, they drafted Barkley second overall. Whether it be a winning season or not, you have to look at the pieces that you actually spent money on, whether it be 650 k or $22 million or something like that. Whether you think James Betcher's defense was copied from Todd Bowles or not, the guys they brought over were not impact players. They weren't good. They were supposed to be the teachers, you know, the good players or decent players in the scheme to teach it, and they, that didn't happen. They were not going to get Chandler Jones or Patrick Peterson. That was insane. If anyone actually thinks that I'm saying that, no, I'm not. The whole organization got phased by Arizona and Carolina castoffs, but the expectation was different. You know, the expectation was, I'll oh, play to this level, but they really played below the level they expected them to. You know, this is Arizona and Carolina castoffs. Now, as for the offense, it was different. Most of the Arizona guys were actually on defense because James Betcher was the defensive coordinator. Now, I'll get into the Carolina stuff in a little bit. But as for the offense, Patrick Mame was a mixed item. He was probably an average to decent guard in his career. Eric Flowers, in my opinion, and most people's opinion, should have never gotten that second chance at right tackle. You know, it would have been weird seeing a parallel universe if they actually got Andrew Noel because they were that was the guy who they wanted to go after at first, but they said, no, uh, he went to Jacksonville, so let's go after Nate Solder. But if they would have gotten him, it would have been weird, and it would have been really interesting to see who they would have put at left tackle and what they would have done at right tackle. They probably would have st- still put Flowers at right tackle, but again, who's your left tackle? Who would have been that left tackle? And to kind of be honest, 
you know, I may not like the whole win now situation in 2018 and everything, but I'd rather have Nate Solder as my left tackle than someone he just pulled out of the dust and not protecting him who probably would have been worse or as about the same level as Eric Flowers. Now that season was built off multiple cast-offs from Arizona and Carolina too, but mostly Arizona. You had multiple offensive line combos that didn't work, and you had the lack of sacks coming from the pass rush because James Betcher is such a pressure and sack guy. Bobby Skinner said it when he was on with me. He feels that James Betcher plagiarized Todd Bowles and basically cut and pasted into his own defense, and everybody praised James Betcher. Well, Todd Bowles, in my opinion, is a mastermind of a defensive coordinator. He just needs the pieces in Tampa Bay. But anyway, then you had people saying at the beginning of the season, oh, the Giants can get uh, 10 to 12 wins. Then they get mad at Dave Gettleman. Now, I understand the Giants may have underperformed that year with some of the talent they had, but come on. Like, seriously, look at the talent he has put on the field, and you're going to say 10 to 12 wins. Like, I understand teams have or done good with offensive lines that were horrible. Look at the Seahawks and look at the Texans. Both viable wildcard teams, you know, teams that really make the playoffs every year or at least try to make it competitive that go over 500 every year. Now, I'm not going to totally blame this on the fans for expecting that, you know, those are the fans who are going to say every year, oh, the 10, 12, 10, 11 wins for the Giants this year. Now, I'm not going to blame it all on the fans, as I said. Some of it has to go on the coaching staff. Some of it has to go to Dave Gettleman. Obviously, the talent on the field was not good on the offensive line. You know, Patrick Omame at right guard, veteran journeyman. Halapio, the center, who actually played decent that year, not in 2019. And then Eric Flowers at right tackle. But the coaching staff said, this is a rebuilt offensive line. Eric Flowers is working hard. They're going to be a good line in the league, and we're going to compete for a championship. All of that disappeared in the dust, and look what happened that season. False promises, but I didn't really expect much. You know, I'm kind of that guy, and as I said, I picked them to go 6-10 and 10 that season. They were one short, 5-11, and because I actually looked at the talent. I'm one of those guys that says, oh, uh, I'm going to wait and see, and then make my prediction based on evidence. Because if you talk to most of my friends who I chat and talk trash with when it comes to football or baseball or any sport that I like, when you ask them, they will say to you, he's a wait-and-see guy, and then he'll make his predictions. I'm not going to say that the Giants are going to be horrible this year. I'm not going to say that the Giants are going to be Super Bowl contenders this year, but I right now have a 6-10 and 10 record for the Giants this year based on the talent they have and the talent they've purchased and the talent they have drafted. Now going back, I'm also going to blame the Mara family because they put, it wasn't really the Tish family because the Tishes never get involved for some reason. They never get involved. They're always in Hollywood making movies or some stuff like that. But you look at the Maras. They've been dedicated to this franchise. Now, it pissed them off that Jerry Reese and Ben McAdoo didn't put a supporting team until the last minute, and then 2017 was a bust. And I'm talking about Eli Manning, of course, because one of the last picks for Wellington Mara was Eli Manning. And he didn't want to disappoint his father up above and ruin the quarterback that he picked, the last quarterback that he picked, and the quarterback he loved. So he said, you know what, let's give Eli another chance. And also due to the fact that he had a $23 million bonus coming the next year. And he was the largest cap hit on the team. Now, you can't base your franchise based off one player, Eli Manning. He was growing out of his prime. Everybody said he should have been replaced at that time. The reason behind all this, but I'm saying, and the whole Saquon Barkley thing, is because the Giants didn't strip down and rebuild that year. You take a look. 
All the past couple years, Jerry Reese, terrible free agent signings that never worked out. Terrible drafting. You, then you're going to go ahead and say this team is going to be a winning team in 2018. And then you're going to base it off free agents and some of the pickups from Arizona that weren't even a part of that good defense from the previous year that actually beat the Giants. So I think Mara needed to use his head, use his head there and say, hold on, wait a minute, Eli's coming out of his prime. Let's do this for the better of the franchise and actually make my dad proud and say, let's rebuild this franchise for the better of the future. Because the Giants would have actually had a better team, a winning team in 2020 if they hadn't tried to win in 2018 and failed. Because, again, free agent signings have failed for the last couple of years for the Giants. Drafting, the last two to three years have been good. That's for the future. Now, going back to the whole Saquon Barkley thing, I'm not saying I don't like Saquon Barkley. I'm not saying I don't like Daniel Jones. But you have to take a look in the prize, in the time of the situation, and say, wait a minute, if we strip it down to 2018, we'll have a better future faster and our fans are going to be happier again. No, but they took the chance in 2018 by taking a running back, and again, I'm not ripping Daniel Jones. I'm not ripping Saquon Barkley. I'm just talking what it should have been in that situation. You wouldn't have been in the situation. This is going to go on Gettleman's record when it comes to this. And also, Mara should take a little bit of blame because he told Gettleman probably, you need to win this team right now with Eli at quarterback. Now, I understand a lot of people are going to be like, oh, uh, if actually, I'm talking if trade talks actually come up, you know, people are going to be like, oh, why would he trade Barkley? He drafted him. That's going to go on Gettleman's record, that he drafted a win-now team and then he's going to trade him. Now, I'm not saying he will get traded. I'm not saying there's trade talks. But let's just say the instance happens. Dave Gettleman would make a total clown and ass of himself by doing that. But, again, this is because he spent money on free agents like Nate Solder. Now, I get it was to propose a possible deal to replace Eric Flowers at left tackle. I know that. But four years, $62 million, like, this guy isn't Pro Bowl level tackle. This guy was never a Pro Bowler in New England. He was solid at best. And to be quite honest with you, with all these free agent signings and some of these draft class guys that Gettleman drafted maybe in 2018 with Will Hernandez, Lorenzo Carter, and whoever, at the same time, Saquon Barkley wants an extension. He's going to have some other players, some of the free agent signings wanting an extension based on how they play. So it's really going to be interesting. And if you take a look at the last couple Super Bowl winning teams, right? 2017, Eagles. 2018, Patriots. 2019, Chiefs. Do they have a top three or top five running back? They do not. They use probably two combo running backs. I know Darren Sproles was a part of it in 2017. You look at James White and Rex Burkhead in New England in 2018. And you look at 2019 with Damian Williams and also Darwin Thompson and Lee Sean McCoy. All of these Super Bowls, or at least most of them, are done by the quarterback of the defense. Take a look at the Giants' defense in 2007 and 2011. Also, you look at Eli on that same portion. I'm not saying the defense carried Eli, but you take a look. Eli won the game in both of those games. Defense heavily used in the 13-3 game against the Los Angeles Rams. That's New England Patriots. You look at 2019, Patrick Mahomes taking the Chiefs to a comeback from 20-10 to 10 from one of the best defenses in football, the San Francisco 49ers. And you also look at 2017, Nick Foles leading the Eagles against the Super Bowl winning Patriots from the previous year. So no top three, no top five running backs in the last couple of years have been the reason a team has won a Super Bowl. But the Giants could be the first to do that. And going back to my point earlier before I finish this up, the running back market is going to be larger by the time Saquon Barkley asks for an extension. 
And you're going to have other big name free agents at that time. And you're going to have other draft picks or other free agents that you signed in the past wanting extensions. So if the Giants cannot come up with the money, and if they come to the conclusion before that, they're going to have to trade Saquon Barkley. I wouldn't like that. I know a lot of Giants fans wouldn't like that. But I would be understanding to it. Not like a lot of Giants fans who actually don't do the research and just say boo, boo, boo. No, I would understand it. But again, I would not like the move because Dave Gettleman put himself in that situation. And in that situation, the Maras would probably fire him. Or, if it's a different GM and he doesn't like Saquon Barkley, well, I mean, he probably would, but in that case, he wants to prioritize other free agents and building this team. So that's my view on the whole Saquon Barkley getting traded question. Next question. Will Evan Ingram get a big contract extension? And I'll tell you what. If he doesn't play all 16 games in 2020, or doesn't have a good productive season, the answer's a hard no. I'm going to tell you that right now. He has not been able to stay healthy in times of need. And that's really the basic reason. Now, I don't know what a lot of Giants fans think when it's just Evan Ingram on the field and you have decoys as receivers like Cody Latimer, Cody Core, and Betty Fowler. But in my opinion, I saw in the Buffalo game, only 48 yards against the Buffalo defense. Now, I know that Eli had to split the ball between those receivers because he didn't have Sterling Shepard, he didn't have Golden Tate, he didn't have Darius Slayton. Now, I know he didn't have those receivers and he had to spread the ball. But Evan Ingram, you know, you're the best receiver, best target on that offense and you know 48 yards I mean I gotta go watch that game again and I will because I have NFL game pass and my complimentary access has been extended to the end of July and I will go back and watch the game I'm telling you right now I'm gonna go back and watch it but Evan Ingram 48 yards against the Buffalo defense now that was one of DeAndre Baker's worst games worst games Cole Beasley tore him up John Brown when he was matched up against him tore him up I was watching the game live so I would know but obviously I'm gonna review that with you guys and I'm actually gonna rewatch the game as I said a couple of seconds ago but 48 yards and you're prioritizing that but again he would need to step up in big situations like that one when the Giants don't have any receivers and his run blocking needs to get better his run blocking that's been a lot of prioritization I know he's prioritized that a lot but in my opinion that's not going to be a major it's going to be a reason but it's not going to be a major reason that he doesn't get a contract extension it's going to be whether Caden Smith beats him out if Evan Ingram gets an injury or if he misses key games and doesn't exactly get to back to where he should be and I'm going to be quite honest with you if he misses a lot of games in 2020 2021 will not matter 2021 will not matter at all because in Dave Gettleman's eyes three beats one you had 2018-2019 where he missed some key games. 2020, let's just say he doesn't play all the games and misses some games. 2021 goes perfectly healthy and stuff. Perfectly healthy, 16 games. It's not going to matter. Three against one. And get him and be like, okay. And also, you could actually trade Evan Ingram. You know, if he doesn't do all the production you want him this year, or possibly he gets injured and then comes back, trade him at the deadline. At least you're not letting him go for nothing. Screw the compensation and free agency, whatever, for years to come. Get the draft picks. Get like a third or a fourth rounder, whatever you can for him for the future if he does not stay healthy. You got Caden Smith behind him. Maybe use that pick on a tight end or something. But this is the season Evan Ingram needs to step up. And I mentioned that in my make or break players list. So if he doesn't play a lot of games in 2020 because of his injuries, it's not his fault. But again, I'm pretty sure in that situation, any GM would want to move on from you. Final question. Is Dave Gettleman facing a win or else season? Yes, but no, in my opinion. Dave Gettleman, 
needs his rookie classes to take a step forward and not a step back. Look at the 2018 draft class, except R.J. McIntosh, because he got more playing time, and he actually got two sacks more than the season before because he was actually injured most of the 2018 season. And 2019, he got two sacks, one against the Vikings and one against the Dolphins. But most of the 2018 draft class regressed last year for different reasons. Will Hernandez, B.J. Hill, Lorenzo Carter, Saquon Barkley. Now, if DeAndre Baker plays, and I know Corey Ballantyne and Sam B. will play, barring injury... They all need to produce and take a step forward, especially the secondary. O'Shane Zeminis as well, a part of the pass rush. And I know everyone got hype in 2019, all Lorenzo Carter, four and a half sacks in his rookie year. Imagine what he's going to do in more playing time, 10 plus sacks. Yeah, I was very optimistic about that. I thought he would have had more sacks that year. I thought in 2019, of course, but I didn't think he was going to get to 10 sacks. I'm like, wait a little bit, you know, wait for him to pop in his third, fourth year. And maybe he get 10 sacks, 11 sacks. Obviously based on development. But that's why I'm not putting all my hope in O'Shane Zimenez. Nothing against O'Shane Zimenez. But I'm not getting my hopes up. Like everyone else did Lorenzo Carter. And then pop goes the weasel. And all of a sudden, oh, why didn't he do this? Well, I mean, you can't really expect much for a rookie going into his second season. Now put aside James Betcher for a second. I don't think in that case, a rookie, especially in a rebuild, will go from four sacks to 10 sacks. I don't think it happens that quick, and I don't think it's going to happen with O'Shane Zimnis that quick. He's got a good future so far, but we can't jinx anything, and we can't say anything without seeing what, what production he puts on the field. And of course, that comes with more playing time. Obviously, you got Kyler Frackrell, Marcus Golden could be coming back. That's if he doesn't get signed after July 22nd, because I think July 25th is the date that training camp is supposed to start for the Giants. But it's going to be a strong competition in there for Zeminis and Carter because let's just say Carter doesn't do well and he regresses a little bit more than he did the previous year, then Zeminis could take his spot and then maybe Fackrell and Golden will rotate. I don't know. It's Patrick Graham's scheme, so we'll see what size he places two linebackers on. But for right now, if I'm looking at it, those are immediate locks on the roster, my prediction. That's if Golden comes back. If he doesn't, then one outside linebacker spot is open. Put aside that, his free agent signings, meaning Dave Gettleman's free agent signings need to work. Blake Martinez, James Bradbury, Kyler Frackrell, those are the top three you're usually looking for when it comes to production. The ones he brought in this year, because it's probably his hot seat year, and he needs to see production from these players in order to not get fired. Andrew Thomas needs to play like a left tackle in year one. Not going to say that offensive tackles don't struggle, but he needs to not be an Eric Flowers. He shouldn't be Colton Miller bad where he gave up 16 sacks year one and had a ton of penalties. But I will admit, Colton Miller has gotten better for the Raiders' offensive line. But I'm just saying, from the fourth overall pick, you're expecting a lot. Especially if you start him at left tackle right away. You also need to see improvement from Daniel Jones. Does he stop the fumbling? Does he read plays better? Does he toss less interceptions or something? The interceptions weren't necessarily a problem, but turnovers were when it combined with fumbles. Pass rush. Third-year man, second-year man, O'Shane Zimenez and Lorenzo Carter, and veteran Kyler Frackwell. Kyler Frackwell cannot be a Kareem Martin, tell you that much, because Kyler Frackwell, when Patrick Graham was a linebacker's coach, had 10.5 sacks. If he comes over and doesn't do the same production or doesn't have a lot of production, is basically Kareem Martin, then Gettleman's ass is on the fire or by the fire with that much. And most of all, Joe Judge needs to take control of this group and improve it better than last year. He needs to show he's the coach of the future. He needs more than four wins to keep Dave Gettleman as general manager. Now I'm going to be honest here. 
A lot of Giants fans hate Dave, but they would hate his firing, in a sense. They would hate his firing. Many Giants fans want him gone, and they want him gone right now, and I'll tell you that much. Now, I'm not talking about the negative Nancy Giant fans like trolls on Twitter. I'm talking the fans who probably still hate the OBJ trade. Now, not a lot of them are optimistic or bad. Some of them have good feelings for the future, but they would hate his firing in a sense. Why? Because let's just say a new GM comes in, right? Whether he gets a Mara command or not saying, oh, keep Gettleman's players or don't keep Gettleman's players. What if he wants to replace Gettleman's players and say, okay, these are my guys, get them out of here. Then you're looking at another rebuild, another bunch of trading of players from the Gettleman era, and also a combining of draft picks, but it's going to take time for those draft picks to develop. And the Giants fans will hate that. And they will say, oh, we shouldn't have fired Gettleman at that point. Or they will just say, okay, let's hope for the future. But if you take the route of firing Dave Gettleman and possibly a new GM comes over and says, okay, I don't like Gettleman's players, you're looking at another four or five years of hell and you're not going to have a winning season until like 2027. So again, Giant fans will need to think about that, especially when it comes time if Dave Gettleman's on the hot seat. And the Mara family has to think about that too. So here's what needs to go right or improve for Gettleman in order for him to stay in the house. 2019-2018 draft classes need to take a step forward, as I mentioned. Free agent signings need to work out, not just from this year, also last year and the year before as well. If he has any remaining, offensive line needs to take a step forward. That's the one I probably mentioned the least when it comes to Dave Gettleman's job. Shane Lemieux, Andrew Thomas, Matt Peart, those guys need to probably slowly find their way into the mix and ease into the offensive line of the future. That's another thing that the coaching staff, Joe Judge, and Gettleman needs to see through, and that needs to go right. Jones's progression, not regression, needs to stop fumbling as much as he did last year. Reed plays better. Pass rush needs to be better, and the defense overall, the secondary needs to play to their potential, improve from last year. Sam Beal, DeAndre Baker if he plays, Corey Ballantyne, Xavier McKinney, the new draft pick, Jarrell Peppers also, James Bradbury, the lead corner. Especially when the year before, meaning 2019, the secondary was like 30th in the league or something. Now I know they were rookies, but again, 30th in the league. All those things need to be improved for Gettleman to keep his job. Which obviously will lead to more than a 4-win season. 5-win season, 6-win season, 7-win season, 8-win season probably at best right now. But we'll see in the season. But all those things need to improve for Dave Gettleman. And that's my thought when it comes to those three questions. So that will wrap it up for this episode of the Bleeding Big Blue Podcast. Episode 20 already. It's been 20 episodes. Time flies so fast, you guys. Thank you guys for the support. Follow our social media pages at Bleeding Big Blue Podcast. Twitter and Instagram. Remember, I am streaming tomorrow night with the Madden Simulation of the Giants season. Pittsburgh Steelers versus New York Giants. Downloaded accurate rosters. Remember, our podcasts are available on Spotify. Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. It's hosted on Podbean. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already. That's where some of the podcast episodes are posted, along with Madden streams and other videos too. Thank you guys for the support, and have a great weekend.